clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc, I'm really excited about all of our planning, about actually getting back together in person once we're fully baked and everything, vaccination-wise. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited. Are you? Is that your excited (laughs) face? (laughs) That's my super excited Super, super excited face, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I bet if I said Greg was going to be there, you'd be really excited. Is Greg going to be there? I don't even want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) And we're back, folks, here at the University of Pleasure. We hope you enjoyed our last episode, which was so much fun having Greg on again, our correspondent who goes nowhere and stays at home and corresponds from New Jersey. Anyway, it's good to see you as always, Doc. Excellent to see you, Jeremiah. Yes, 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 it is. It's always good to see me. I see me every day. So hopefully everybody is doing well. Hopefully you are all safe and healthy. Hopefully you're all going out to get vaccinated so we can all see each other in person and visit again. Maybe do some live events, which we keep saying here at the University of Pleasure, which we would absolutely love to do. I think I'm better live. I think just like on the cuff, people being able to see my brilliance live is really so much better than a recorded version of me. Right. It it is. And then there's also, you know, a little bit of comfort in editing, you know? So I, Listen, I'm my own editor. So live, I know exactly when to stop and start. Like I, It's like an <laughs> intern. What was that tickle? <laughs> Anywho... Today's episode is brilliant for what we're talking about here, getting back together in person, you know, getting these vaccinations so everybody is safe and healthy. And remember, it's not a political thing to us, for me and for the doc, it's really just about getting vaccinated because you're taking care of yourself, but you're also helping others because nobody wants to make anybody sick, right? And getting together is what this is all about. We want this all to come to an end. And again, so grateful to all those people out there who are shoving those shots into everybody's arms. It's not an easy thing to be doing and we're grateful for it. But maybe our... maybe not the best PSA for vaccines. Shoving so? people's shoving shots in people's arms. <laughs> maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe Hashtag not the best. shoving shots in people's arms. <laughs> but in seeing all seriousness, well, seeing a well-trained healthcare who will comfortably allow you and help you Get your vaccine. <laughs> See, Doc, you always say things in such a nice way. What is that? <laughs> Makes you think of Blazing Saddles, the movie. Where he's like, you use your tongue better than a $3 whore or something like that. <laughs> Was that right? Is that good? I, it is what you said. <laughs> so... <laughs> Moving along. Anyway, this episode is very interesting for the future, I believe. Here we are. Escaping the emoji. Dusting off our skill set for in-person dating, flirting, and initiation. Now you see why I was building it up about the vaccination stuff, about everybody getting back together. It all had a point. I know sometimes maybe it doesn't seem like I have a point, but I totally do. You know, you could have also let others draw that conclusion. (laughs) Just trying to spell it out, trying to help, just trying to help people. It is important that we talk about this because I think, I mean, a year of not socializing in person and we are humans and we are very social creatures puts a lot of people out of practice. It does put a lot of people out of practice. Well, and I also think that, you know, uh, sometimes we forget about this idea of transition, right? Like we transitioned in. And we're going to have to transition out. 
right? And they both have their complications, right? And I think it's absolutely, I mean, I'm already in a lot of, you know, you're seeing this in a lot of articles and stuff in the news, but like, you know, people talking about like kind of, uh, as more and more people are getting vaccinated and people are maybe doing some more in-person stuff, just like noticing a lot more maybe hypervigilance and anxiety and how, what do I do with my hands when I talk to people, right? <laughs> like people sort of uh, forgetting what that feels like, which is like totally normal, right? Like, you know, you teach people to be really hypervigilant and isolated. Well, people you know, uh, tend to adapt to what they've been, you know, doing for a while. That's so, right. That's right. But, but this also felt timely because as a topic, just because of also, you know, well, we're being aspirational, right? We're hoping that people are going to be able to start spending more and more time and that's going right. to continue on. Right. We're, we're, we're going to be hopeful and aspirational, right? Exactly. Um, and again, everyone's in different places in terms of how safe they're feeling about some of this. But also, this is a topic that I wanted to talk about in terms of also, you know, if we think even of like non-COVID times of how people think about and initiate um, and uh, engage with dating if they don't want to date online. Yeah. Well, because now we're living in the wild, wild west, you know, and we always talk about it. It's like, you know, you got swipe right, swipe left. We can all hide behind text messages and emojis. You can just ghost people and just never answer a text again or you know you're using emojis to communicate and not really doing it in person and building up to that in-person meeting so even if covid wasn't happening i think it's really important and i'm glad you brought this to the table so let's get rolling here doc well yeah i mean you know most people have noticed by now that even though like really it's so fascinating like you know not that many years ago. I mean, like real r- recent history, online dating was like shameful. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> right? God. It was like, it was like hilariously shameful. Like you would never, like if somebody was like, how did you meet that partner? And somebody did meet online. They were often like, yeah, you know, they're so great. And we met online, but that doesn't mean it's like, you know, no, it's still really, it's, they're still really great. Like, like you were like two weird internet trolls that like got together. Like, right. Yeah. It was like, like this like dark, shameful, seedy way to meet. Yeah. And now it's almost, you know, pendulum swing, right? Like to the complete opposite where, yep. you know, there's a lot of anxiety sometimes around like, how do you meet somebody if it's not online? And it's a, it's an important thought because I regularly talk to a lot of people, both personally and professionally, and this is prior to COVID, that really do not enjoy meeting people online. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or um, or maybe haven't had the best experiences with online dating. Mm-hmm. But I think that because it's become the norm, it's created a little bit of a paralyzing effect for some individuals. Also, you know, I just, you know, I, this also makes me feel horrifically old, but there are legitimately several you know, many, many people out there who have never like their norm, their entire lifespan has been online dating being yeah. sort of the the main gig. Yeah. That, and that's a trip to think about. Like, literally, if you just go back to like what? Let's just skip back to, say, 2006, right? Before apps were a thing, right? <clears throat> I mean, anybody that was born around that point in time, like, you know. And they're up there now, like, what are they? They'll be teenagers now, right? Wouldn't they be like 16 years old, 15 years old? I'm not good at math. The point is they've only <laughs> lived in this world and time where you could just go online and join a chat room and be on yeah, Snapchat. Yeah, it would and... be referred to as natives. They're digital natives, right? Right, right. Like, and it really is interesting because, you know, like I will have young adults, right, who have been starting to talk are about like, what does that look like? You know, because I think for people that maybe had a little practice beforehand, it's like, okay. But even so, like, I think across generations, you know, people are thinking more and also people are like real tired of being online right now. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Like like, real tired of it. Mm -hmm. And well, I'm, I'm, I'm real tired of it. I'm tired of it. And I'm not, I don't mean just like meeting people that way, but like, you know, I'm tired of seeing you over Zoom and Skype. Like, I want to sure. get together and give the doc a good old Jeremiah bear hug and be like, hey there, doc. <laughs> so good to see you. And, you know, just, you know, there's a really great Ingrid Michael song she put out recently called uh, To Begin Again. Incidentally, Ingrid, I'm in love with you. And if you ever want to come on the podcast, I'd be really happy to meet you. Uh, but it's a really great song. And 
it talks about like grabbing your friends like they're long lost lovers because like that's really what it like feels like you know like it's like you know i'm tired of it man and you know i like putting on pants and going and meeting people because you know when you're on skype like we are right now i don't have to have pants on you know what i mean yeah. but now i mean I if i go do, back out and meet but people I, but i hope you do is just i want to be very clear i i hope you do don't make it awkward doc whether I have pants on or not, doesn't matter. You don't have to see it, okay? And if it, it, to be very clear, this has been happening long before this pandemic. <laughs> if you were to watch people like that are in like news broadcasts and stuff like that, a lot of those people are wearing shorts and and like ties and tops and stuff. It's a it's a thing, okay? I'm I've not seen even the, it I have seen the the videos. I've seen the YouTube videos. Okay, so let's Blue get back videos. to it. I would like yeah. internet to end. It's not about me. Continue. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to harsh on like online dating in any way. Like, no, well, that, listen, right. that is not what we're doing here. That, that it's it's really just about person to person contact here. Like, we're not. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of it. I I have met some really incredible women online dating uh, who have become very very dear friends over the years. I am so grateful to so many. And 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 truthfully, it's a really amazing w way to communicate. I mean, because I mean, think about it. Back in the day, before this world existed. You know, you would have to meet somebody in a bar or through friends or this way. Now you could be like, you know, driving from my place in New York City, which is like an hour and a half away. And you're driving through, I don't know, Hackensack. And all of a sudden there's somebody because, you know, your thing's on, you're just swiping through. And you're like, oh, I would have never met anybody in Hackensack. But I'm driving through and the app says, hey, you should meet this person here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we're not saying it's a bad thing. It's a great thing. We're just trying right. to talk about getting back to the in-person groove. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there are a lot of benefits to online dating, you know, you know, it, to your point, right, it, it allows people to like, connect with people they never would have connected with before, right? Like a lot of times, you're only connecting with people through the social groups that you have, right? You know, it also it does, I will say part of its appeal, which we'll talk about the sort of reason that in person dating can get a little bit more complex at times is that, you know, for those people that might be a little bit more anxious about initiating conversations, right? Like there is more of that barrier that maybe helps people approach it a little bit more easily, right? Like the anonymity of saying hello online, right? Like versus face to face, it like kind of uh, softens uh, some of the intensity of that for some people. So it is a really good, you know, it's helpful in that way. Also, and we can talk about this with on with in-person dating, online dating really allows people to like connect with more specific communities, right? right? Like, you know, and so it's kind of like one of the limits of sometimes in-person dating is a little has historically been like, how do you know if you're connecting with people that are maybe into the things that you're into, right? It's hard to like walk in a room and just be like, who here is a swinger? You know, like. <laughs> Which, like, by the way, would be a hilarious conversation starter at a party like who here's a swinger <laughs> like, <laughs> you know so like there's there's definitely benefits uh you know and i do think it's important to talk about some of the benefits just because we'll talk about what are then some of the benefits of in person right i think one of the other benefits of online dating by the way, is did i ever tell you the story that then my very first wedding that i had a whole table of friends that we met through the lifestyle that we're all swingers and we put them all at the same table and this is totally true and I had to also put my buddy at a table who is hilarious. He's one of the coolest guys ever, and but he's he's known for being very grumpy. It's like part of his personality. He's just like this grumpy guy, but he's a good guy, right? I had nowhere else to put him. So he's at a table with a whole bunch of swingers who are like playing footsie under a table and all getting to know each other, you know, through the lifestyle and you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, and he literally, I walk over, you know, when you're doing the thing around the weddings, you're like, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for being at the wedding. You're going to like table to table. So we get to the table and I'm like, thank you all for coming and mailing so much to us. And uh, he literally grabs me by my shirt jacket, <laughs> and he pulls me down and he goes, did you put me in a table with a bunch of fucking swingers? <laughs> and I was like, I had nowhere else to put you, man. There was no other place, to, like the family table. And he was like, they're all like touching each other and talking about what they're going to do later. And I was like, yeah, sorry about that, bro. <laughs> anyway, back to what you were talking well, about. So anyway, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I guess there are specific events in which you may find yourself at a table full of swingers. That's right, <laughs> but... exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> probably more <laughs> the exception of the rule. But I do think one of the other things about online dating that can be an appealing thing to people is that in certain ways it can feel a little safer, not just from an anxiety perspective, but like literally, right? Like you can get to know a person a little bit better before like you go out on a date with them and meet them in person, right? right. Putting yourself in like more of maybe a physical risk. And so there's, there's all of these benefits to online dating. But as we were talking about, some people do feel really sick of it, right? Yep. And there is also, beyond just feeling sick of it, there are a lot of people that are just kind of like feeling it really hasn't been a successful approach for them. In fact, I've been talking about that in, in sessions and also personally more and more with people, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Because, you know, online we've talked a little bit about this in previous episodes, but there, there's some of, there's some, I think, illusions that be, can be created sometimes in online dating. Oh, like, so please kind of like <laughs> many there, are, illusions. there are a lot of illusions <laughs> that can be created in online dating, right? Like, so people can have a lot of like what you would refer to as maybe like false positives, right? Like, so when you're like, think about it this way, when you're in a bar, or maybe if you're meeting someone, that's like the stereotypical old school way of meeting people. And we'll talk about many different ways to meet people in person. That's not a bar, right? Right. But, you know, let's say you're in a bar, you don't know and you're not getting confirmed everyone that's like kind of, quote unquote, checking you out in that right, bar. Right? Right, right. But when you're doing swiping and you're matching, right, what you're essentially doing is matching with somebody that may have like, quote unquote, checked you out. That's in right. Like a you're cutting public... through the red tape. Right. You're matching. And what that does is sort of gives this illusion of like, well, now there's some potential here, but I want you to think about this. How many people have you checked out at a party or a bar that you were never intending to talk to? Yeah, it's true. That's 100% true. Like how true. many people? Yeah. So many, many, many people. Many. Right. But that match, right, sometimes creates then online this illusion of intentionality. But we matched. Right. But I matched with so many people and none of them are initiating conversations with me. And I'm like, well, yeah, because in real life you might – walk through the mall and you're not going <laughs> to That's right. Go talk to every person that you feel maybe an attraction to and you know they might feel a mutual attraction to you for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And so it starts to create this illusion that there should be more maybe like a higher success rate than there actually is, right? So which we talked just, about in previous episodes. We I think we talked about that in season right? 1. Yeah, right. Also like how many dialogues do people begin at like a party or a bar setting or in a class that like are a little flirty and fun, but then never go anywhere right. because somebody like goes to the bathroom or mm -hmm. has to leave right. or just like gets disinterested midway through or yeah. remembers, I already have a partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that, all, that can happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good be a mood killer. Oh, I someone. forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. And we are not open or polyamorous right. or swinging. And I, this was fun for a minute, but uh, time for me to go. Yes. Right. And so all of that exact same behavior, it's all humans engaging in human behavior. All of that exact same behavior happens online, but online starts to create this bit of an illusion that there should be more success. And in certain ways, that's like when that doesn't go well, that can also like create a lot of like discouragement for yeah. people. Yep. Right in terms of online behavior. Also, people are not always on their best behavior online. No, that is 100% true. Because there's a lot of, what is it, anonymity? Yeah, there's a lot of anonymity. And I just was making sure I was using the right word there. So I'm you glad are. That, whew, I was Good a little job. nervous about that one. Continue. Um, but there is, there's anonymity and that gives people maybe a layer of protection, right? And right. so in certain ways, there's a strength to that, right? People might be a little bolder and healthy or, you know, healthy risk-taking ways than they would in person. So mm -hmm. it can be, you know, there's some positive aspects to that. But then also on the other end of the spectrum, people can be a little bolder than they would <laughs> in person. Which we've and, also talked about. Here's right. a picture of my dong unsolicited. Right. Which, side note, is still not getting consent. Correct. Doesn't matter that you're online. Correct. But, you know, you need consent for that. Make sure people want to see your body parts before Correct. you start sending pictures. But, mm -hmm. you know, also just in the way that somebody might talk to someone, right? Like you, you look – lots of people say all sorts of things online that if you sat them in front of another person and said, say that again now to their face. Yeah. Would, would never. And I'm not even talking about like – you know, um, being really mean or cruel. I'm not even talking about trolls, which also, though, that's probably very real. But 
uh, I'm talking about like even just like the cadence of how they might talk, right? It's very easy to be very like grandiose and confident when oh. you've got 30 minutes in your bedroom to edit and re-edit. Correct. <laughs> Well, that's the funniest thing because that's what, you know, a lot of people, I've I've run into this before when I've been swiping left and right. And go, we have great, fun dialogue, very, very sexy, very witty banter, right? And then I'll go and meet them in person and I'm like, this person doesn't talk at all. Like, you know, they're really, they, they're really quiet. I feel like I'm, you know, and, and listen, I know I talk a lot, but like if there's like a, you know, I try, I, I'm focused very hard when I'm meeting somebody in person to make sure that I'm listening and, you know, tell me more about you. And then you're getting crickets and you're like, wait a minute, this is not what we were, this is not how things were when we were online because being in person is a very different thing, period. It can be mm -hmm. intimidating. Yeah, it can be, it can be intimidating or unnerving. And sometimes it's not even about anxiety. It's just about like in certain ways we get to edit ourselves, mm -hmm. which also means that you're getting edited versions right. of people. And then right? when you're in person with somebody like me and you're confronted by the absolute grace and beauty of me as a man. And who I am and my witty, amazing humbleness, it can be a lot. It can be a lot is all I'm saying. So Yeah, it was a lot when I met you uh, initially in person the first time I met you. You know, yeah. I thought to myself, okay, so this guy's happening. <laughs> <laughs> but you grew on me over time. <laughs> okay, so this guy's happening. <laughs> Thank you for that, Doc. Thank you. Just, uh, <laughs> some calibrations were necessary over time. I, yeah. I figured. Yeah. I, I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I also think that, you know, interestingly, we talked about sometimes online can give people a greater sense of safety. But yep. the same is also true of sometimes meeting people online for some folks actually feels less safe, right? Because how people maybe met people before would be like through someone they knew, right? So you have someone like vouching for someone, right? Mm -hmm. Or you're like, I know who you know, so-and-so. So if you get out of line, I know who to hold you accountable to, right? Like, but if it's like literally the someone that's not in your social sphere in any way, shape or form, that can be a little you know, nerve wracking and can mm -hmm. make people feel a little nervous and a little unsafe in a different way. Absolutely. And so, again, it's not that like either or is better or worse. It's just that there's a lot of costs, benefits, right? Like complexities of both of these things. And, you know, what we talk about all the time on here at the University of Pleasure is this idea of fit, right? Like yes. what feels like a better fit for you. Yes. And also, you know, trying some different things to find that fit. Mm -hmm. And so... That's why I think it's really helpful to like talk more about like what are some alternatives to online dating, right? Like how could you actually go about doing it? All right. Give it to us. Is now a good time for a break or are we not even close Oh, to my God. Did you literally just see if it was a good time for a break? Because I thought it was a good time for a break. But... I read it. I read, I read the digital room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I am so, so proud I'm gonna of you. I'm going to talk really briefly. Right after we come back, I'm going to talk about reading cues more effectively. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Wow. All right. Well, when we come back, the doc is going to talk about reading cues. <laughs> I'm going to talk about dating more in person. She's going to talk about more in dating, in person stuff. But I'm just so proud of you. And we'll be right back. And we're back, folks. We are going to continue on here with our journey through getting back to meeting people in person. So continue on, please, Doc. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think sometimes, you know, you know me, Jeremiah. I think sometimes it's and before you start thinking about how to solve a problem, it's maybe more helpful to understand maybe why a problem might be occurring in the first place. Right. Yep. And. You know, there's a lot of different barriers that people might experience in terms of trying to date in person or meet people and initiate dating in person. Because I want to be really clear. I'm talking about like when you are purposefully trying to date, right? Yeah. Not like, oh, I randomly was at this party with a friend and then met a friend and I kind of wasn't looking. I'm talking like I want to date. Right. I, I am actively seeking to meet people. Right. And I don't want to do that online. Right. All right. So that's what we're talking about, just to be very clear. So what 
I think some two of the bigger barriers of that, and there's lots of different barriers for any individual, but two kind of themes that people often talk about. The first one, where the hell do I meet other single people? Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. Because right now it really does feel like everyone's online or right. like people are online. So it feels like a lot of those options are gone. And also COVID hasn't made that any easier, nope. obviously. Negative but writer. again, we're being optimistic, right? That some of these I'm things 100% might be optimistic. Coming, coming back, right? The other big one, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later on, is anxiety, yes. right? Different yes. ways that anxiety and different manifestations of that and how that might interfere with people doing stuff. So number one, obviously, on the list, where the hell do I meet single people? I mean, obviously, COVID's made that much more complicated, but it's always been a struggle. Mm -hmm. All right. Like that has always been a struggle, particularly for people that maybe had a more limited social circle. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe people, you know, and by the way, you don't have to have a giant friend group. I just want to say this. This has nothing to do with this. This is more like a lot of people say like, oh, I, I have a small friend group. Like that's a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Right. Like some people have a lot of like really close friends, but like a small group of friends. Right. Yeah. But some people have a lot of friends. Maybe they have some close friends. Maybe they more spread the love between a lot of different people. There is no right or wrong way. Right. I do want to say that because people can get very self-conscious that there's like something wrong with having a small group of friends. But sometimes if you have a smaller social circle, right, that does literally limit, you know, how many people you can meet, right? right. Because it, well, it 100% does. I mean, look. Just mathematically. Yes, it does. mathematically. Correct. So, you know, there there is always been struggles with figuring out how to meet people in person. And and like we said earlier, I do think that one of the struggles with that has can be also like also how are you meeting the kind of dating partners that you want to be meeting and finding those people in person when maybe you have more specific interests, right? Let's let's say that you're more interested in like maybe kink or BDSM style relationships, right? right? right. Or like we talked about open or poly relationships and people that will be open to something like that. Yep. Or, you know, this is obviously something that comes that I've had dialogues a lot with folks that are, you know, queer identified, right? How, <laughs> how yeah. do you know if somebody is also gonna be queer identified in right. whatever way you might identify and, and there's compatibility there. And those things are very real struggles. And like I said, one of the benefits to online dating is that it allows, right? Like it allows maybe for some greater catering of some of those things and some yes. more s specifics of that. But that doesn't mean that if you're one of those folks that that means like, well, okay, then I guess you can't do anything in person. You know what I mean? You got to do everything online. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't think that's fair. But I do want to be very conscious and saying like, does that create additional challenges? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's also that's also part of being a minority group. That's always something that creates additional challenges. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I think that that, and then you start to add in this anxiety piece, right? For many people and most people, by the way, this is a barrier. And when I say anxiety, I'm not, you know, some people might struggle with really high anxiety, but I'm talking about like normative human anxiety, right? Like we all have anxiety. Sometimes I'll talk to people about like, well, it sounds like you were feeling anxious. And they're like, I'm not an anxious person. I'm like, well, I hope you are to a little bit. It's what keeps you alive. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so true. Like, I mean, genuinely, like you, if you weren't anxious at all and you just were like throwing caution to the wind all the time, you might not last very long. <laughs> no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't last very long at all. You need to have In some life. anxiety. Yes. So continue, right. please. So, so I, I do think that a part of this is – I think this is a part of dating in any way, shape, or form. Like usually, you know, some people keep their relationships entirely online in perpetuity, but a lot of people end up meeting in person at some point anyway. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, sort of allowing some degree of anxiety to be normative and reasonable, right? Like that's something that's just a, a common thing that most of us have to navigate at some point or another, right? But we will talk more – about sort of some of the ways to navigate that in a minute. But I want to ask you, right? So if we think about this question around where the hell slash how the hell do I meet people? Okay. You were a, a, a dating individual, Jeremiah, yeah. pre, pre internet, yeah, not to age you, not to age you. How did you meet people? Um, a lot of the time I met people through friends or groups of friends or getting together with groups of friends, um, you know, actively meeting them, they're like, people would be like, hey, I'm going out with some friends. I've always been somebody who likes to try to reach out of past my 
group of people that I know. And so I was always very open about like, yeah, bring so-and-so that you were talking about, bring this person that you're talking about, you know, uh, especially when I was in the dating world, making it very clear that I was open to meeting new people. And so I would say things like, oh, if you were going to lunch, you know, yeah, bring, you know, you kept talking about Jennifer and you said she's really cool, bring her, you know, and boom, boom, boom. I don't know why I use my sister's name. That might feel weird. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> um, you know, the I would just try to keep it open. I love to bring people together and I love to meet new people. And so I was always very open about that. And then other right. ways, you know, I would, you know, bars, if I was going to a bar or a restaurant. And I've always been kind of a bold personality. Obviously. What? Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it. So I'm the guy that like, you know, be at a restaurant and my waiter is really beautiful and just tell her like, I just think you're absolutely beautiful. And, you know, uh, and then afterwards that give her my number, you know, that kind of thing. Like I was always somebody that was kind of bold, but not everybody is. So, you know, but I'm a firm believer in just uh, going out, putting yourself out there. And uh, letting your friends know that you'd like to meet new people if they know people from work or work functions. And then, of course, you know, being in – I was in the theater world for so long, you know, in shows, meeting new people all the time, you know. And that also expanded my base of, of friendship or dating and that sort of thing. So um, – and that was all, you know, pre the interweb. Right. Well, and I think some of the things that you said there were really important. I think that it is helpful to like – all of the things that you described, sort of this idea of like being sort of more like um, inviting of like, oh, I'd like to meet them, like approaching more stuff, right? Like all those things are really important things and really helpful things, except some of those things come much easier to some individuals than others, and right? And that's 100% like, true. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like I know I'm very – what is it? Gregarious. Like I'm – you know, I'm that guy. Like, you know, I'm the guy that is, but not everybody's that way and it can cause a lot of anxiety. So in my opinion, if you were somebody that wanted to date and, you know, didn't want to do the internet, I would, I would be a big proponent of making sure that, you know, you just told your friends like, hey, if you have people at work or, you know, people you hear like, you know, and you can do a little vetting and they you know that they're kind of in my wheelhouse of people I like to know, then, you know, that would be really great to like maybe we all hang out sometime in a very open social setting, not like a, a blind date, but like, hey, you know, with everybody. Well, and you know what's really interesting about what you just said, Jeremiah, like I think that that sort of. Oh, I, I don't disagree, actually, that idea of like being like, hey, like I want to meet people. Well, you shouldn't disagree. And, it's genius. Genius is a strong term, but uh, it's it's a good point, right? We're getting out there and kind of talking to people and be like, hey, I'm open, letting other people know that you're open to meeting new people. However, for some people, what you just described doesn't mean it's not a good approach, but for some people, what you just described is actually quite tricky because it starts to um, compete with their pride. Okay. What, what I mean by that is that some people, and I don't mean pride in like some horrible way. I just mean like all of us have a sense of like sort of pride right around like things that we feel insecure or embarrassing about acknowledging to others, right? Okay. So what, for you- What would they do? Well, just for you, Jeremiah, right? Like, like that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So for you, Jeremiah, it might feel really easy to like just sort of be open and vulnerable with your friends in that way and be like, hey, I want to meet people. Right. And like, who do you know? Who do you know that I can meet? And other people might actually have some conflict, right, internally where they might want to do that, but then they actually feel really embarrassed or they feel really insecure because, you know, we, we give really negative social messaging often about being single, especially after a certain age range. Mm. We often make people feel really bad about that yeah. and that there's something wrong with them that if they're still single. And so what happens for a lot of single folks is like, you know, sometimes there's a difference between a single person that really wants to date and somebody that like feels like everyone around them is sort of pushing stuff on them that they're not really asking for. Also, as an aside, be aware of that if you're a friend. Yeah, <laughs> that would probably be, yeah, please yeah. don't, don't do be, that. Be aware of that. If you're a friend of a single person, maybe not assuming what they want unless they tell you, but just because that's like a very real thing that happens, right? Yes. Somebody's single yes. and someone's like, you should blank, you should meet so-and-so. Maybe they don't want to meet somebody. Right. But, but I think I know a number of people that, and have talked with a number of people that actually have sort of a conflicted experience. One is like, 
both they want to date and they want to meet people, but they are also simultaneously sick of people seeing them as less than because they're single. Sure. Right. Sure. And, and so it just creates some complications, you know? So sometimes like, even though I actually really fully agree, like I think talking to your friend group and maybe the people that you trust more to, you know, be thoughtful about who they might introduce you to, or you just trust more from a vulnerability perspective, Mm -hmm. I think is really helpful to kind of like open that up. But like, if somebody's just feeling a little bit more of that conflict, it might actually legitimately feel easier to not involve your friend group at all. True, <laughs> true. Right? And because maybe you just have kind of been like, hey, I don't want to be at another social situation where everyone tells me that I should, that I that there's someone out there for me or, you know, some type of platitudes that actually yeah, just kind of piss me yeah, off. Yeah, with you. Right? Yeah. yeah, and so, you know, some of the stuff that you, I mean, the reality is, is nothing that we're going to talk, like everything we talk about right now requires risk taking, right? Approaching anxiety, mm-hmm. being willing, frankly, to drop cynicism. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to say no to things. It's much harder sometimes to to try to say yes to something, right? There are certain things, you you know, that are reasonable to say no to, right? But sure, like, of course. But like, I'm talking about healthy risk taking, you know? So and cynicism is something that can really interfere with that. So like, okay, let's say, think of something like, you know, like singles events, right? Like things like, you know, singles cruises, speed dating, right? Like those are things that a lot of times people are like, that feels like I'll have people sometimes use words like pathetic or like awkward or weird or what really sad, lonely people do, you know? Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that does suck. And it's a bummer. Because- it is a bummer because you know what? You know, it just bothers me because I'm sorry, but people just there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sorry, I, and I'm not a judgmental guy. I I try to always be very very open, but you know, like you know, the, the shaming that goes on for people who do or put in. I think those people are baller. I think they're fucking yeah. brave, and I think they're fucking awesome because you know what they're saying? They're saying. Fuck it. I'm going to go out. I want to meet somebody. I, I don't want to be alone. And that's a choice I have made. And I am going to put in the effort because it is effort. And we talk about that all the time here at the University of Pleasure. Put yourself out there. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of emotional energy. And so if you're going to go out there and do that, please do it and don't feel shame. Be a baller and just go for it. And those haters out there, shut your pie holes because these people are <laughs> rock stars. I'm sorry. I had to get that out because it makes me Ooh. mad. Right. Well, and I don't disagree that I I think that part of navigating, you know, and again, this is if you're intentionally wanting to date, yes. right? Something something has to give in one direction or another, right? Like, so I find I, I'll often have dialogues with people that feel really stuck. I want to meet people, but I don't like my options of meeting people. Okay. But maybe maybe really because of cynicism or pride or just feeling fatigued, they really are like, I'm not even willing to try that option, right? And so I will say that part, and everyone gets to make their own decisions, right? But I think part of navigating in-person dating, especially if it's like an intention that you have, does have to be about a willingness to set cynicism aside to try some different things that might feel a little cheesy and might feel right. a little dumb. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a, like a, like such a, like a, a sports movie kind of thing, but I won't lie. Attitude is important. It is super right? important. It's like, super important. Right. The attitude with which you approach something is very important because it changes your experience, your experience of a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. If you, let's say it's something like, I don't like speed dating or something. Right. And if you're going to go into a speed dating event and you're like, this is going to be stupid and dumb, maybe you'll be surprised and you'll have fun. But I'm going to tell you, you, you up your odds of it being stupid and silly. Right. Right. Rather than being like, you're putting it out there in the universe. Right. Rather than being like, screw it, I'm going to try to squeeze as much juice as I can out of this, out of this. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to like have fun and lean in. And if it's weird and awkward, how can I just sort of lean into that experience? And I get that these things are easier said than done, but that a lot of this is the practice of it. right? Right. The practice of trying to, you know, think about like a lot of us, we create catch 22s for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I can't do A because of B. All right. But you know, B is too hard because of C, right? And then all of a sudden we're stuck. 
and we feel really stuck. And that's part of like self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like if we're saying like, oh, well, I, I can't meet people in person or I can't meet people not, I don't want to date online because it, it, it just hasn't gone well for me in the past. Okay, well, here's some ways to meet people in person. Well, I can't do those things because I would feel awkward or I feel weird or those are stupid, right? right. You know, like then all of a sudden you've sort of trapped yourself in a circumstance and so to a certain degree, something does have to give him one direction or another. And it's not up to me. Everyone gets to be their own individual. It's not up to me or anyone else to decide to tell you what it is that should give, right? You get to decide that. But I do think it's important to pay attention to the traps that we set for ourselves because we all do this in of different ways do. in our lives, oh, right? Please, of course we do. You know, like people do it with work, right? I hate this job. I'm miserable. Well, why can't, well, you leave. Well, I can't leave because of A, B, C, and D, right? right like, right, right, right. Uh, okay. Well, at a certain point, something needs to adjust. Yep. Got to change. And, right. And so I think that there are like some of these like actual, like, you know, not as many right now, obviously, but like there are different things like singles events and these more like overtly single sort of things that people often might approach with this sort of like eye roll. Well, how about this? Give us some options. Like what could those right. things be? Let's talk outside the box a little bit here. Right. So outside of those kind of things, if you're feeling cynical or let's say you've tried them and actually they've not been a great experience for you. I a lot of people, it always sounds like a sex site, but this is like a, I guess, an ad promotion uh, for meetup.com, right? Hey, so if, good call. I would have never thought of that. Genuinely. Right. So, yeah. I, I know so, meetup.com. Yeah. It's like a like, thing to join classes and stuff, right? Yeah. It sounds like a sex site. It's not. I mean, it, I mean, it can be, I guess. Uh, if you have a Any, but then again, effort. anything could be a sex but site. It, it's really more very broadly community-based, right? Like, so there's about a bajillion different meetup groups, like, Board game groups, game like definitely tons of gaming, craft groups, reading clubs, you name it, hiking clubs, running clubs. There are so many, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I really, uh, you know, when I can get people to try them, <laughs> they're not always specific to dating, but I, this is just simple math. If you meet more people, you, have you more meet chances. more people. That's right. Right. You have more chances. If you meet more people, like think about what you're doing online. What you're doing online is just you're meeting more people, right? And you can do that in your day to day life. I'm not saying it isn't a little bit more anxiety provoking, and it well, doesn't take. Well, of course, you're going to meet people in person. You, you know, it's going to be a little right. bit anxiety related. I mean, it is what it is. Right, and it's also going to take effort, and that's my point of like. So you're something saying like to go to like join some book clubs, do some game nights, you know. Well. And the reason that those things like meetup groups, and again, they don't even need to be specifically, if you don't like singles events, they don't need to be specific for singles events, right? right but I right. want you to think about it like a chaining effect, right? Like the more people you meet, legitimately just the more people you meet, right? So you going and getting out more in the world, like going to a, I don't know, let's say a game, a board game sort of meetup group where you get to play a board game that maybe makes, this is also, I find these kind of activity-based meetup groups are really great for people that struggle a little bit more with anxiety around initiating dialogue with people so that are not gregarious like you, Jeremiah, right? right? Well, like, yeah, it makes sense because then, they, listen, you're doing something that like with like-minded people in the respects of, like, say, you like board games, right? You're playing a hardcore game Monopoly. You're just, you're not, it's not, has, there's no pressure for dating, but you might meet people who really love Monopoly like you do and bing, right. bang, boom, you spark up a conversation, Joan and Jane or Joan and Joan or whoever, and boom. There you go. Right. And maybe it's not even the person you're playing Monopoly with, but their sister or That's their right. brother. You might meet them exactly because you're expanding your, your circle. It's a web. It's a web, right? Like, so I think that part of it is is being willing to play the long game yep. a little bit, right? Like that online dating, like one of the illusions is also like it meets this need of immediacy of control. Look, I'm meeting people, I'm meeting people. But again, some of that stuff really still takes the same amount of time it's always taken. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the best way I can describe it psychologically is like when you're stuck in traffic and you're like, I'm going to take a shortcut. And you take like <laughs> back roads that are actually like 20 miles longer and you get there in the exact same time, but it felt shorter because you were moving. You were moving right? the whole time. That's right. Right. But you didn't actually get you there any sooner. It just gave you a greater sense of control. Right. And I think in certain ways, online dating sometimes gives people a greater sense of control because you get that nice little dopamine burst with the match and you yeah. get, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it really, it is, I think it is and has always sort of been the long game. Right. And so I love meetup groups, A, because it expands your social circle, but also B, because 
if you struggle a little bit more with social anxiety or like initiating dialogue with people, one of the things that it allows you is a topic to talk about. Yes. You don't have to come up with shit from thin air. Right. You can, you can be, let's talk about this book, you know, or the book club, right? There's definitely, there's also more fun ones. I've like seen ones that are like, you know, unless you have like an alcohol struggle or something like that, but there's like a lot of like wine clubs or yeah, like, well, listen, isn't there like Zog sports and all those things like go play volleyball, go do something where you're yeah. expanding your base. I mean, it's limitless. Join a yoga class to meet people right. at yoga, go, you know, the, the rock wall climbing thing you know there's yes. all kinds of really great things that you can do then you get to know somebody and you start sparking up conversation and then boom hey you know would you like to go have a coffee sometime like you're really cool and even if it's just somebody that you meet totally vanilla just as a friend they know people and then you might be expanding your base that way. That's what we're getting at here, right, Doug? Right. Yeah. And I think I think you're you're bringing up like some spaces beyond just like doing like a meetup group or something like that, like going to the same place, like having a coffee shop. That's the coffee shop you kind of repetitively go to, right? Yeah. Having the um, CrossFit studio, right? Yeah. When you go to the same place with some level of repetition, you inherently just begin to meet people. Right. Mm -hmm. If you keep going to the same place, that's just the beginning of developing community and community means that you you just meet more people, which increases your odds of maybe dating. Right. I will say, like, you, uh, I want to be very this is something that comes up all the time. Right. Like where I'll talk to people and I'm like, well, like maybe even in session, look at different meetup groups or like, let's say pottery classes. Right. Or some kind of class. And they're like, well, but people get really and I understand why, but people get like way too distracted about like, do I loved that craft? Do I, <laughs> I, you know what, that's, that is a, a book club. And I, I'm much more of a nonfiction than a fiction fan. Right. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It's not purpose. <laughs> I don't want you to hate. Yeah. I don't want people to hate it. But at the same time, like, People getting way too caught up in like what the activity is. You're right. using it as a vehicle. Like try to find something that has enough interest for you to sustain it, but it doesn't need to be your life's passion, right? Like Correct. you might be going to cross, not like, I don't know, like a pottery class and be like, I have a moderate interest in pottery, but a major interest in meeting more people. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you like trying not to get too caught up in the semantics of it. I've also had people like maybe struggle like when they get to the group. Let's say this has happened before with board game groups specifically where people might go to do a board game group and then they realize that they're kind of an a-hole when they play board games. <laughs> so that's Super maybe not the best. <laughs> yeah. like, Never so good. if you know that there's a certain activity that you're great at but like you actually, it doesn't bring out the best in you. Maybe don't have that one. Yeah, that's probably not the best one. Be do do the, the things that, that brings think. out like your, you know, you know, not your hardcore like, you know, flipping the board over and screaming at people because they beat you in Monopoly kind of a personality. You know, let them right. find that out as you date. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, All right. So awesome. You're around people. Now what do we do, Doc? We've established okay. you don't want to show do something that brings out your bad personality. You want to be you want to be more your everyday <laughs> self. All this kind of stuff. So now we're around people. Now what do we do? Well, you have to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Doc. So even even I, <laughs> guys who like to talk about I, sex, kind of kind of toss that, that one out. <laughs> but that's just, but that's just real, right? You got to talk to them. So it now is the time to manage your anxiety. Okay. And I think that, um, as an aside, as we always say, if you're having really significant struggles, get a therapist. Yeah. Go okay. See somebody. Get somebody to help you. Go see somebody. Mm -hmm. All right. Just because that's real. And yep. that's a very common, common issue. There is a huge myth that, like, sometimes when people struggle with social anxiety, they look at other people and they think, ah, it's so easy for everyone else. No. Most people have some degree of social anxiety. Listen, They're very even I, your old pal, Jeremiah James, who is, as we've established, very gregarious and loves to talk to people, even I get social anxiety, especially parties where I don't know anybody. I mean, I can talk to anybody, but I would prefer to be at a party that I knew more people. And, you know, I can have a little bit of social anxiety in there. So it's totally normal. Totally all cool. You're welcome. Right. I don't, I don't, you know, very few people are actually like not thinking about what they're doing and being hyper vigilant in their head about like, Correct. was that stupid? Why'd I say that? Right. It's very <laughs> real. Um, but a quick little skill 
you know, uh, sometimes for helping with anxiety, you know, a lot of times people do a lot of what if thinking, like what if uh-huh. this, what if that, what if uh-huh. this, sometimes a really helpful skill is actually playing out the what if, right? So versus trying to convince yourself that nothing bad will happen, you try to convince yourself that no matter what happens, you're a resilient person, you're going to be okay, right? So like playing out that what if, what if I talk to that person and they don't want to talk to me? We'll play that out. What if? What is the worst thing that'll happen? Well, they walk away. I feel a little embarrassed. And then like every other emotion, it'll eventually pass and then I'll move on. Right. <laughs> like that's that's what's going to happen, right? Like you're working to invest in your own resilience. And so if you're getting caught in the what ifs, try to actually play out the what if. That's an actual skill to practice and to use. Um, I think also when people think about like approaching and talking to people, people are way overanalyzing it they're making it way too hard, right? Like people often feel like they have to like have a brilliant opener. No, nope. you don't. Nope. No, you don't. You Just really don't need a brilliant think opener. Of, think of your good pal, Jeremiah. That's right. Right? Like, <laughs> I have very, very... Very few brilliant openers. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just I'm giving Jeremiah. I'm giving Jeremiah crap. However, Jeremiah, can, would it be fair to say that you don't often go in with a plan? You just kind of start moving your mouth. I just start rolling. <laughs> I just start jamming. You know, which can end up in foot and mouth moments, as we've seen even on this podcast with editing. Still many foot and mouth moments, but the truth is, I just roll, I just jam, I just jump in the right. deep end of the pool. But that is actually a good example of being like, okay, like. It, to err is human, right? Like it's easier to clean up a mistake than to be so quiet that you don't even like, you know what I mean? Like if you're going to err on the side of anything, it would probably be make a mistake and get good at cleaning them up. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And like never underestimate the power of a well-placed apology, right? Like, you know what I mean? Because we all have to take risks and we can't possibly never offend or like make a mistake. That's just not realistic. And it's paralyzing. If you're trying to prevent that, you kind of just got to sometimes. But when I say some people are making it way too hard, I also think like it does not need to be brilliant. For instance, just like, hi, I will say a very common way that people like kind of quote unquote, try to pick up somebody is often by commenting on their appearance. Little quick tip though. If you're going to comment on someone's appearance and different people have different, different people can pull different things off. But I, I think a tip might be rather than commenting on someone's physical appearance, like maybe more commenting on like, hey, something that's relatively benign, right? Like, I really love your shoes. That's right? I was going to get out of my head right. because I literally was going to say shoes. I yeah. Said, yeah. But shoes or that's a really funny, I don't know, like whatever. Like I love if your you're printed gonna... t-shirt, you know, like right. that's so but... hilarious. Like if it's something, something that's more observational versus a judgment, right? right? Like a judgment would be like, you're so beautiful or you're really attractive, right? Like, which for some people can find very flattering. Other people, it can be like way too much. And that's they actually right. feel very uncomfortable yeah. and it feels cheesy and they don't like it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like if I, I probably me, I, I probably, you know, and there's, there's different artistry to this, but I would probably steer clear of just commenting on people's appearances yep. also, but that you know, Listen, if you can get to that, I mean, if that's really yeah. what you want to do, you can get to that. I say build into it. I'm a firm believer. Like I was totally with you. Like we were psychologically connected when you said shoes, because I was literally thinking talk about shoes because there's so many different varying kinds of shoes. Somebody could be wearing pumps. Somebody could be wearing really cool sneakers. Somebody could be wearing slip-ons that look comfortable. Those are great shoes. They look comfortable. <laughs> or wow, awesome sneakers. Those are cool. Oh, I love sneakers. I love sneakers. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, and then you're just, you're rolling. And then, you know, a little while later, be like, by the way, I have to tell you you're absolutely beautiful or never go there. Point is, talk about something that's light and easy that you actually can talk about. Make sure it's, in right. my opinion, make sure it's something you can talk about. Don't talk about shoes if you know nothing about shoes. <laughs> also, <laughs> like, yes. you know. Right. Also, yes. And it's not going to be brilliant. Why? You don't know each other. That's right. Okay. That's the fun you part. Can't- you can't have a really super in-depth dialogue with somebody that you don't know. So it needs to be simple. Like, and a lot of times people are like, oh God, don't talk about the weather. It's fine. It's fine to it's talk fine. about the weather. It's uh, fine. You don't need to maybe, maybe rather than being like, oh, it's a real hot one, right? Being like, oh, I would really love to get outside. You know, I wish I wasn't stuck in here today. Like maybe make it a little more about you, yeah, right? And, uh, but and then like again, your- of course, if you have gone to a like class to play board games or like your doing something that you specifically wanted to be doing that everybody's happy to be there doing. Probably don't talk about the weather like the doc said and say that you wish you were outside and not in that room. Just just as <laughs> right. an aside. Well, but well, he, this is going to go into like, we got to talk about like flirting. Okay. We well, do- all right. Give me a minute. 
we're gonna have to talk about flirting in a whole nother podcast because that's just a much bigger topic. Okay, so, so we're gonna do a whole we're gonna do a whole episode on flirting. Right. But we should. Yeah. Okay, let's do well, it. Then we're gonna let's do a whole do episode on flirting. So we'll get it. back to that and don't worry. Right. Because I'm a professional. But, right. Well, but if I why did if you I roll can... your eyes? <laughs> So, so many reasons, too many to count. Um, <laughs> but just to kind of circle back a little bit to this idea of like part of the reason it's helpful to do those meetup groups is that you don't have to pull things like interest groups or like a topic like, you know, where you're going to yeah. a gym or something. You don't have to pull things out of thin air. Now, if you're just like in a cafe and you've literally never been there before, it is harder to initiate because you literally are now pulling stuff out of sort of thin air. Listen, it's first of all, we're, to we should just do a whole episode of me giving helpful tips. I think that that's going to be really helpful. Like, here's a scenario. You just named off like five things and I can help people. Boom, 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 boom. Say you're in the group for CrossFit. Man, that deadlift, you crushed that. Awesome. There you go. Topic. Boom. Really love the way you put the chalk on your hands, man. I never saw anybody do it like that. Boom. Conversation. You know what? Nobody does. Like you did so many pull-ups. That's awesome, right there. Cafe you've never been to. Jeremiah helpful hip right here. Boom. I've never been here before. What's good? Bang. Doom. You're welcome. Say if you're in a board game. You know what? I'm a big Monopoly guy. Do you play with the rules of like you get money every time you pass go, or do you not get money, or do we up the ante? What do you think? Boom. Monopoly talk. I got you, people. I got my fans out there. I can help you. We're gonna do a whole topic on this. I think just. Helpful hints of Jeremiah giving talking points. I'm seeing like a whole other podcast right now. No, I feel like strongly. I, this is like expanding and I feel <sighs> this is something we're going to do. We're going to do a whole episode on this. All right. So I don't. We're not. We're going to. We will skip over flirting right now. No, I don't. Let's. OK, not. but <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. I can do that like off the cuff. Bing, bang, boom. Here we go. Back to what you're saying, Doc. We'll talk more about this <laughs> offline. It seems that it doesn't, you're saying it doesn't have to be, and I totally agree. It doesn't have to be genius because you are trying to figure things out. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be genius. Also, it can't be. You don't know this person. All right. <laughs> right? That's it's right. good. That's the point. It's good. It's going to be light and fluffy and relatively meaningless. Meaning is created out of knowing. When you don't know someone, you can't have a lot of meaning yet. Right. True. Like, True. Also, that's what I was would... saying. Like all those helpful tips I just gave, you take those right. to the bank. That's for free. Just light, fluffy things yeah. about what you're doing. It's no big deal. Right. And also, as an aside, if you approach something, somebody that you don't know with something like, I don't know, like some deep Nietzsche quote, something super philo like philosophical, <laughs> it might be intense. Like you don't, it doesn't need to be some like walking up and saying some brilliant thing. People are going to be like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> like, totally. It's, totally. It's a little unapproachable. But can we talk about reading cues before we run out of time today? Yes. Please? Give us some cue. Reading cues here. Okay. I do think it's important to be able to know how to take a hint, all right? And not everyone, we've talked about rejection, people are gonna reject you. Not everyone's gonna wanna talk to you. You have to take risks, right? But with more risk come more reward, but also become come more rejections, right? And more losses. That's just part of the game, accepting that, thinking about that, we've talked about that a lot. But if, some, if you're trying to talk to somebody and they're looking away or really adamantly staring at their phone and scrolling through whatever they can find, right? Or you're getting this a lot of- This is the moment that you literally mm -hmm. go, hey, I'm fucking mm -hmm. trying to make a connection with you. Pay attention to me. Hello, no, I'm talking to you. Don't be a dick, right? That's No, that is the opposite of what you do, right? All if right. somebody- I was is kidding, Doc. I was kidding. <laughs> Continue. Yes, but just to be- But they are kind of being a dick if they're just scrolling like that. It's just, you know. Well, but if somebody, but if you're trying to talk to somebody you don't know, and maybe they're in the middle of something, maybe they were doing something, maybe they're not open to being talked to right then, and they're not looking at you, I and they're know. not really giving you much, it's fine. you're getting, right, some kind of looks away, or mm-hmm. Those are cues probably to move on. Move on, right? And not in like a rude way, right? No. Not like a, like, fine, right? Like, I've seen people do things like get really offended and mad and be like, you know, you should some, you should smile more or you should, do you know what I mean? And get like really defensive. Yeah, like, you definitely don't. You just it, take be, on what you're classy. getting. If you're, if you're getting, listen to your gut, basically. If, right. if you listen notice your that gut. they're paying attention, they're not paying attention, they're not in it to win it in a conversation, just move on. Well, but you, 
But you also don't know that that person that you're trying to talk to, like maybe they are also shy. So let's say it's the coffee shop you go to every morning. And if you try to strike up a conversation and that person seems a little uncomfortable, if you casually then say, okay, well, have a good day and walk away nicely, you don't know that the next time you're there, they might not be like, oh, hi, right? Like you, nobody, you don't know what's in somebody else's head. So so they might not so, be really, you know, right. they might be having a social anxiety moment and not want to talk. So, like, you know, I'm with you, Doc, here. I'm 100% right. with you. So if somebody seems uncomfortable, though, this is another mistake that people might make. They double down on their efforts because they get nervous, right? They, like, double down on them. Yeah, <laughs> don't double talking. down. Abort. Right. Abort. Abort. Walk get out away. Of there. Let it be done. Just get out of there. Okay. Um, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about like, we'll come back to flirting because it's just too big of a topic. We just don't have time. Obviously there are a lot of ins and outs that go into initiating dialogue. We're talking about social skills really, right? right. Like that's what we're talking about. Coming out about. of a pandemic, meeting people in person, maybe not wanting to do online right. dating. That's but, what we're talking about here. But I think that one of the things that is really important is to think about Letting your anxiety exist rather than trying to fight with it, rather than trying to get rid of it is this idea that like it is okay to be anxious and even telling yourself that it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be nervous. Almost like a mantra. It's okay to be nervous That's right. be because the more people fight with anxiety or nerves, the more nervous they get. Right. So people often get anxious about being anxious. Right. I'm anxious. Oh, no, they're noticing I'm anxious. Ah, the reality is that culturally we often, you know, people might like notice it, but a lot of times you don't hear somebody say, ah, they seemed really shy. What an asshole. Right. Right. Like that's not really something that is actually socially negatively viewed. Sometimes it's even perceived as charming, right? Sometimes being awkward is something that's really likable. Interestingly, when you look at likability stuff, sometimes being overly confident is actually seen as less likable than somebody that might be a little shy or a little nervous or a little awkward. And so we talk a lot of times on here in this like idea of authenticity, right? Whatever you're doing, how However, you're trying to like meet or initiate conversations. And this is hard. This is a practice, but literally showing up as you. And if you is a little bit nervous, own that, right? Like allow yourself to be nervous. Lean and part in. of leaning in. Lean into it. Lean, Lean in. in. And I know we have to end, but can I say one final thing? Of course. Okay. Earlier you used some, and, and this is not nitpicking on you, Jeremiah. It's just really, we, we talk a lot about like when people, and it's a, you know me, I get like really, I get really uh, nitpicky about language, right? Yes. You use the word like if somebody's alone, right? I always, if, if people ever pay attention. You I'll, mean like I'll not with somebody? Right. You, I don't remember what the sentence was. You said something about like, and if you're alone, blank, blank, blank. I would say if you're single, right, the language around single. And even if you yourself are single talking about like as a single like person rather than as someone who's alone, unless you literally are alone, like you have no friends, you have no family, right? Like that idea. I that, I'm with you 100 uh, percent. Right? And I, I apologize if, I, if I, I am glad to have learned that because you are right. If you don't, you know, being single we should really focus on that and not saying things like alone. Because I do hear that from friends who are single. They'll say, you know, I'm just tired of being alone. Well, you're not alone. You're single. And right. I think you're totally right on that. And I will add that in to the knowledge. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that, Jeremiah. And it wasn't as, uh, I think it's just more of a more broad note. And, you know, it's something that I catch and I think about too. Like, why does that matter? Well, the language matters, right? Because, you know, when I talked earlier about some of the things that can make some of this stuff hard for people, you yeah. know, like it's hard to go to your friends and say, hey, introduce me to the people you know, right? If you're feeling embarrassed because you think that, that you, because you feel alone, why do you feel alone? Well, maybe the world has made you feel alone yeah. <laughs> because you're a single yeah. person and there's like stigma around that. And so True. it's just, it's a nuance of language that I think can be important. Thank you, Doc. <laughs> So let's give a couple of reminders to wrap it up for today. You're going to let me talk more? I thought you were going to cut me off. No, so. I just, I'm ready for some reminders, <laughs> like a little bit of an overview. So, All you right. know, from the doc, everybody knows my opinion. It's like, yeah. go out Honestly, there, rock and roll. Number one, number one, you have to try, okay? You just do. <laughs> That's <laughs> all there is to it. If you want something to change, you got to try. You got to take risks. All right? Saying yes to things right? So, unless it makes you horrifically uncomfortable saying yes to things. And then uh, going easy on yourself, right? Things take time. Yep. Don't so beat yourself up. It takes time. Give patience. yourself a break. 
remembering patience, right? Like patience. Patience, because it is a long game, right? Even if people, if it's online, if it's in person, it doesn't matter. Rejection is part of the game. It sucks, right? but it's part putting of it, your, and you can get over it. Putting your resilience pants on. Yep. Right? Like Pulling them up yeah. high like your Clint Eastwood, up above your belly button. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, also being aware of confirmation bias in dating. When we are struggling with something, when we're feeling insecure about something, it's very easy to seek to confirm what we already believe to be true, right? So if we believe that everyone else is better at this than we are, we look around and we look for proof of that and we ignore all of the evidence to the contrary. And that can be really demotivating. Thank you. Thank you very, very much because this is all really, really helpful. I really do believe because we're going to be coming out of this pandemic, people are going to be needing to get out there and meet new people. And this is a way to do it. Take it from the doc. She is brilliant. You are brilliant. And I'm so grateful because even today, look at, I learned something. I learned not saying alone, single. And I'm going to work that into my verbiology. I just made that word up, but (laughs) it sounded really great. (laughs) So I'm going to own it. But thank you for all you do, doc. Thank you for today. It's great to see you as always. Hopefully soon we'll both be fully baked and be seeing each other in person and we'll hug like long lost lovers like in that Ingrid Michaelson song that I was telling you about earlier in the episode. Yeah. Thank you to everybody that keeps us safe out there. And hopefully this episode brought you a little bit of pleasure. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media. And uh, we will be talking to you again next week. Take care, Doc. Take care. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.